Hello listeners, I'm really excited to share this episode of Mindset Win Uncut with you. You've already heard us break down some of the tactics, but this is the version of the podcast where we give you a full-length interview. In today's episode, we'll be hearing from Sia Colisi, the first black captain of the South African rugby team who could be about to make history by leading the Springboks to a second consecutive win in the Rugby World Cup. If you've ever wondered how you can up your leadership skills, this is really the episode for you. And just on a personal note, wow, what an amazing guy. I was completely blown away by my conversation with Sia, especially by his commitment to make the world a better place. We spoke a lot about leadership in rugby and in philanthropy, and it's his belief in giving back that really stood out for me. But I'll let you listen for yourself. Here is my interview with Sia. I'm going to dive straight into the, the topic today, which is really, I mean, leadership and, and leadership yeah. skills. And my first question is, why do you think you were chosen as captain of the Springboks? Uh, what, <laughs> what qualities do you think uh, Coach Rassi Erasmus saw in you? Well, that convinced him to, you could lead the South African national team. Well, that's 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 a tough one. Um, I don't know. I think he's known me since I was in school. So he's seen me play at school and he gave me my first uh, professional contract. So he knows who I am, how I've been, you know, and what I've been through too. You know, my childhood, he knows um, a lot about. And I think um, the fact that, like, I'm a hard worker, Uh, I'm a, um, I really love to, I work for everything that I have. I didn't have a lot when I was young, so he knows about that. And he knows I won't give up, you know, in anything. I'll fight until the end. And also, I think I, I love to serve. I always put others first. You know, I do my best to put others first. And I think that the skill that he want, you know, he, he wanted as well. And um, I think just, yeah, I, I When, when he saw me when I was young, I was quite naughty, but I had to learn and grow. You know, I think you could saw that in me changing. He saw the different parts of my life changing, uh, being a different person, you know. And also I, had a, I have a family now. You know, I had to mature quite a, a whole lot more. And yeah, just also the way I play rugby too. I think, uh, yeah, he's seen me play since I was young, so he knows what I can produce on the field. That's ultimately one of the most important what you put on the field uh, your leadership schools are skills are important but can you actually play so you really grew into the role of a leader yeah I, I don't know like my wife would say I she always thought I was a leader but I think yeah I wasn't sure I never knew you know at school I was maybe a captain of a team once when I was 16 uh, my best friend was the captain all the years it's just that he was away for the year uh, I was a prefect at school But I never saw him. I was all, I'm always the joker, you know, the funny guy that's making all the jokes, um, you know. And then the one coach in my club, the Stormers, he saw me speak, uh, Coach Robert Flack, he saw me speak at my wedding. Just from my speech at my wedding, he came and he said that that's my next captain. He made me captain and then 
I grew into a leadership role. It took me a while. Even when I was captain the Stormers, when I became captain the Springboks, it was tough because it's a big, big, big honor. And I mean, I was the first black captain of the country. It's a huge, it's a huge uh, thing on my shoulders. Uh, it took me a while, but luckily the coach knew and he put good people around me, he put a good leadership team around me, which helped me to be, um, to focus on on just the job I had to do. So you're talking about pressure as a as a captain. Can you describe what kind of pressure you have to handle? How do you deal with with all the players in your team and combine everything? In in yeah, what? How do you deal with pressure as a Actually, as captain of the South African team? It's um, the coach knew I'll probably struggle the first couple of uh, games, you know. So he built. Um, a structure that would support me. So he made sure that everybody in the team had a role, in a leadership role, you know, in the game, in different tech parts of the game. Some guys in charge of breakdown, some guys in charge of kicking game and all this kind of So I didn't have to worry about everything. And he made my role simple. I just worry about the discipline and talking to the ref. And then the rest, I must just play well. So he took that pressure off me. The pressure I felt was being the captain of this, the best, you know, the, the South African team, it's huge. And I was the first person of color to do it, you know, so I was kind of, it was a big thing in our country. The media blew it up all over the world, you know, so that was hard. It was more pressure I put on myself. And then the smaller I kind of made it and say, I just want to focus on being here and being playing well and, and doing the best I can for the team. It, then it became easy. And then I started playing well. The first three games I played horrible. When you know I could feel the pressure. And what what like specific skills are you using to manage like 14 totally different players? Can you give us just like a specific example of um, when uh, you needed to use these skills, whether I it's training or a game? Yeah. I don't need to manage. I don't need to manage because we, we I mean you are the best. These are the best guys in the country. Some of the best in the world. It, It's, it, on to, I'll be honest with you, I don't need to manage anyone. Everybody knows what they need to do. We've got a job to do. We're playing for our country. You know, you you got to be at your best at all times. The only thing I do is just support the guys. Be there for the guys. I'm normally the, like the, the, like most of the guys make fun of me, you know. And they, you know, whenever I'm the guy that when a joke is needed, like you can make fun of me. I'm okay. I don't mind it, you know. So... I just want to keep everybody happy. Uh, well, you can't all the time, but I try and make sure and manage that we're all on the same page. We all see eye to eye, but I don't, honestly don't have to manage anything. So you 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 have a very high trust and and a very efficient communication within your team. Yeah, we do 100%. We 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 work hard. Like our thing is hard work. Hard work beats all. We get measured on our hard work and our effort as a group. If you don't work hard, you're simply not going to be the team. You're going to work yourself out. Talent is the last thing they look at on how you play or how how well you play. It's just how hard you work and how many like uh, battles in a game do you get yourself into. And then We that's where we see how much we and also if you're brave, I mean you're not scared, you know, that's where we measure each other on. And then the respect will come. You see how hard the guy's working, you know what it will give for you on the field. And that's how that's what we work on. And also like we're playing for our 
for our families, you're playing for our lives, you're playing for your name over the back of you, playing for the country. It's the biggest place in the If you need to be motivated to play in that level, then you're in the wrong place, you know? And and we, you can't, you don't need to do much for a guy there because he's already picked there already because he's good enough to be there. Then by the time we train and play, you already know you only have to do your job. That's the nicest thing when you play in this level. You only worry about what you have to do and you do it as best as you can. Once you've done your job all, if someone else is struggling, then you help them out. But you always know the chances are that everybody's going to be doing their job at all the time. So you have very strong individuals within a very strong team. Yeah, That's what I mean, you expect we have from basically 60, everyone. We have 65 million people in the country. And I don't know how many, probably a couple of millions of rugby players. So you pick the best out of that. You know, and the guys are normally the best of the best in the country. And that's why I became world champions in 2019, because there are so many. It's it's hard to make our team. I think over 120 something years, only a thousand people have put on the, the spring, the, the national team's jersey. Less than a thousand, sorry, not even a thousand yet have played for South Africa. That's how competitive and how tough it is to make this team because it means so much to the country. You talked about the the World Cup in 2019. So let's go back to that uh, particular moment. In Can you cast your mind, can you basically go back to that moment when you just won the Rugby World Cup? You're in Japan, there's like... I've, I've been watching the videos and it's there are like 500 million people watching live around the world and what's going through your mind because i i saw that like a video where you really like like you're almost in a kind of trance or in in a different world can you describe that there's a lot that's going through one's mind during that time but the most important is to like we just want to win you know we just want to win because We know what's going on back at home because we are in our team. We in our team room. We had videos where fans, like our supporters, our family, and people at home, could send videos to us to wish us luck, and we would see videos of what happens when we win at home. You know, and we saw people from different races at the malls, in 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 like taverns in. Anywhere where people could sit together and watch, we were watching, like the people put screens outside and gave people food. The whole country was basically behind us. We saw that. And there was also a big gender-based violence march during that time because we have a problem with gender-based violence in our country. And we had xenophobia, big xenophobia attacks in the country. People were fighting. So we go went there knowing that all of that is happening. And we are about to go play in the World Cup. And we wanted to give people... And more, in that 80 minutes, we wanted people to be proud and to be happy for that moment, you know, because a lot was happening. So in that, in the back of our minds, we're thinking about that. And every game you push in, you know what you're playing for. You know what you know what people are going through. And for us, playing wasn't pressure. It was more of a privilege because you're doing what you love and it can change how people feel back at home. It can change their mood. And that's the kind of drive and mindset we have. And because rugby has done so much in our country before. It was used by Mr. Mandela then, you know, to help bring people together. So all of those things, the stuff that we think about before we go play in battle. Yeah, pressure is a privilege. And yeah. looking at it like like this, it, it changes everything. Because you have a vision, you have a purpose, you know why you do it. 
and it's just a whole new level of 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 drive and energy yeah i think what you said there is important when you talk about purpose and and vision you you have to know why you're doing something you know you, you have to and your why has to be far bigger than your like it has to be bigger than the doubts that you have over yourself or when you're tired and sometimes you gotta play your purpose has to be more than just about you it has to be some it, it might it must mean that like you know if you don't do this you must think how many other people it will affect you know for me it's not just about me it's about my family when i provide for my family and my extended family too i have a foundation there are kids that we look after that if i don't do well if when i do well and i play well and people want to work with you people want to be associated with you they want to donate to what you're doing they want to see what you're doing so i know the harder i play the more i get up in the mornings when i don't want to get up i know kids are getting fed because i didn't have those meals at school you know i know there's a woman being getting a, a, a power to you pack which is a pack that helps women prevent like fight gender-based violence with a whistle and pepper spray all that kind of stuff more and more women are being um touched along along the country and um, also poverty we you know we feed people you know all of that if i give up and i stop and i don't work hard i don't wake up and that means a lot of people are going to suffer with that and that's my why i want to even when i'm done playing that's what i want to do make the world a better place in working in my foundation and working in those, in those things. And for us as a group is how do we make South Africans proud? How do we keep South Africans a little bit more hopeful? By me coming from the township, making sure that I'm working as hard as I can so that the kids can see it's possible. No matter how tough your background is, you can still make it. You know what I mean? So I have to push every day. There are so many things and so many people who are looking up to us. So you're... you're job as a leader goes way beyond the rugby field because you your purpose is has a such a like a huge dimension you, yeah you, you, yeah 100 it's it's about you but uh, it's nobody nobody tells me that it's what i i it comes from me you know it, it's not something forced to me i come from the same I come from tough background, not a tough background like a, in South Africa my background is normal, but there's so many others who who come from the same background as me and if I can be that person that they can look at and say it's possible because he's doing it, you know, be that reference point and I see myself and I know that and I walk with every day I have to carry myself in a way that remembering that I must push every single time because others are also looking and hopefully I can be that little bit of hope for them. So having if I if I resume having a clear purpose, clear vision, inspiring people and empowering people and not only in in your sport and your discipline it, it's all about leadership. That's the core of leadership. We I think we just summarized everything. Yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, 100% and leadership leadership is not Everybody thinks you have to be a captain. You don't need to be a captain to be a leadership. You don't need the title to be a leader, you know. You just lead your own life, be your own leader, you know, in the things that you need to do, you know. And it can be small, it can be at home, your family, you know, and, and it can be at school, your classmates. Live a certain way that people, you know, 
can see, you know, people can see a leader and the leader doesn't have to say, hey, I'm the leader. Yeah, people will just uh, do that and do it small. Start with your own life. The way you live, you know, if you say you're going to do something, do it. If you make yourself a promise and do it and it's hard, I don't always get it right. Definitely don't get it right at all. Uh, not all the time. I make mistakes, but I get up and I go again. And those things happen. It's the same in life. You're not going to win every game, but you need to get up once you lose one and you need to learn where can you get right, where could you have done better, and then you keep on going again. So be the change, lead by example. And like you said, leadership, it's not a status, it's not a title, it's an attitude and it's a, it's a mindset. Um, yeah. From, from an, an early age, rugby was really big in your life. Can you tell me about your drive to succeed as a kid and how did you manage to grow and maintain such a strong uh, self-belief um, and moti intrinsic motivation? <laughs> I didn't, I, rugby was big, it helped, I, I loved it when I was young. I started with football, but I sucked, I couldn't kick the ball straight. Um, they, I played striker, they moved me back, was striker, and I became behind the striker, middle fielder, I was a wing defender, then a goalkeeper, then I realized maybe this is not the sport for me. And then I started playing rugby, which is a bit easier. It became more natural because my dad played, my grandfather, and all my uncles played, you know, and, and then I... I played it for fun. I played it because, um, you know, we there was a few choices for me, you know. Uh, so other, I joined my other friends who were smoking, which I did. I was smoking when I was eight years old and, and, and joined them or go to training. I did a bit of both and then I realized that this was more fun for me and my teammates used to look for me when I'm not there. So it was just not about me anymore. I, I had to be, I was kept accountable by my teammates. So I found this like a, a, a place of belonging. I felt like I belonged there and I was wanted there. And that's what you want as a child. So I played and I played for fun and I played because I loved it. I never played thinking that I will ever make it because nah, I will be lying to you if I said I knew when I was young. So I played because I loved it and then I just got better and better. Then I got an opportunities along the way. People saw me play. They gave me a chance. I got a bursary from one township school to another. And then a teacher saw me and he just believed in me and he backed me and he took me to trials. And then uh, I made it to a school. He forced me. He the, the school wanted two of my teammates. And then he said, you have to take this one too. He kind of forced them to take me. And then they ended up finding money and they they looked off. Then, then they paid for me. And then I took my opportunity from there. And then after that, when I actually got a bursary, I said then, I said, I'm going to use this this is going to be um, the, the change that what's going to change my life and my family's life. And it did. And you grabbed the opportunity I, because of, yeah. I, yeah, I had to, I had no choice. I don't know where I would be if I didn't take it. <laughs> and I couldn't, I went to an English school. I'd never spoken English before. I couldn't speak English in my school, in the township. I was a, a student. I got an A for every single subject. I was probably top three smartest guys, um, uh, pupils in my school. Then I went to the to Gray, which was an English school. I felt stupid. I felt useless. I felt worthless because I couldn't speak the language. And the first couple of days were hard, and I was failing at school. Every language I used to, every subject I used to pass, I was getting um, like uh, less than average. And then I decided one day that I don't care how this English comes, I'm just going to learn to speak. And I spoke broken English. Um, and um, 
yeah, and I forced myself to speak. And uh, by the end of the year, I was like sort of speaking properly. And I learned each year. And uh, and I took it. I had no choice. But the nice thing, I was getting six meals a day, where I would barely get one in the township. So um, then I uh, I remember my first day and our first meal at the school. Um, I dish the boys. We sat down. We had fish and chips that day, and um, we all sit in these tables together. And I was on my third plate while the other boys were still eating their first plate. And then the teacher had to come to me and say, "You can slow down. Like, there's enough food for you." Because we were, we grew up eating as quick as you can and eating as much as you can because. We were eating in a big group and you want to make sure you get enough when you do because you don't know when the next meal will come. Then the teacher told me, no, relax. This is your food. Take your time. It's going to be here every day, which was, yeah, which was quite nice. You said um, a, a word I, I really like is accountability. Yeah. In, in sense of belonging. In, in everything you say, there's always that accountability that, that comes back. Yeah? You're fully accountable and you... You really want to change and grow. Is that a, a, a personality trait that we can find in, in professional athletes and, yeah. and game changers? Yeah, well, it's not just athletes. It's, it's in life in general. Uh, you, you, you are obviously always accountable to someone. You, you have to be accountable to yourself, number one. It always starts with you. You alone, whatever values you have, they got to start respect, respect yourself, so you can respect others around you too. Accountability is also important because it's not just about you when in a team sport. And I think in life in general, you can have, I don't believe in this self-made self -made, uh, stuff. You know, when I, I'm a self-made millionaire, there's no such thing. Somewhere along the line, somebody helped you. You know, somewhere along the line, somebody opened the door for you. And rugby and sport in general taught me that, that, Now, if I didn't go to training, I'm not just dropping myself, I'm dropping others because we're playing a team sport. And then I had to respect myself and respect time as well and respect my teammates, making sure that I'm there, I'm there in time, I'm working as hard as I can. And it's, it's important to have those things, you know, uh, and having values and values that you learn in sport, it's values you can take in life too. You can transfer, yes, everything indeed. Yeah. I, I, I heard and I, I read that you love music. Right, yeah, I do, and, and and you even more enjoy singing. <laughs> Sometimes right? I do. I sing yeah. before I play, but it's not yes. the kind of music well, you know. Yeah, uh, exactly. And you said you had a, a voice of a follower, but not a voice of a leader. Is that right? Yeah, I follow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Is singing before a game or like a really important moment is that a way to focus and and especially connect with yeah. your team it's more, it's more connect it's more connect because that's what we used to do in the township we used to sing when we're watching supporting our team we used to sing before we play to get warm we used to sing when we're cold we used to sing when we're happy when we're sad you know when we're celebrating and also sing When I'm very sad and I'm going through something and somebody's singing, I would sing with them and then I would feel so connected and I would feel like they're carrying the burden with me, no matter what it was that I was going through. For that moment of time, it felt, you know, when you sing and we get louder and it feels like 
I'm sharing the burden with other people and you, I normally feel better afterwards and I feel connected and I'll end up sharing with someone what I'm going through after I sing because you get so warm um, inside, you know, and that's what we do. It's not just me, it's in my culture and I sing before I play because I feel connected to the guys in the room. Feels like on the same page. So it's really a way to connect everyone in yeah. the room and, and yeah, that's magic. Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's so interesting. Okay, and I'm gonna end this like amazing interview with just one word answers. So if I tell you success, sure. <laughs> Family, mentor. Vincent, so I can give you someone's name. <laughs> yeah. One. Yeah, Vincent, yeah. Okay. Team? Springboks. Sleep? At night. <laughs> <laughs> Medal? All Cup. Training? Every day. Mindset? Positive. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Sia, for being Thank our you. guest today. Fascinating leadership skills and a very inspiring uh, leader. Good luck and um, have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. That was the inspiring Sia Khaleesi. I hope you enjoyed listening to him as much as I did. If you want a deep dive into how you can build on your beliefs to fuel your motivation, be sure to listen to the episode where we break it down for you. That's it for this time. If you have ideas for themes or amazing athletes we should speak to, let us know. Either email podcast at redbull.com or leave a message in the comment box on Spotify. I'd love to hear from you. À la prochaine fois.